Okay, the message for chapter five. We're going to go over three S's. Stand fast, serve in love, and spirit-led. So the first one um, basically is going to cover verses 1 through 12, where we are told to stand fast. You're going to be discussing this in group, but basically it means to be steadfast, immovable, don't be moved away. What Paul was saying is don't be moved away from the freedom that you have as a born-again believer. Christ set you free. We've talked about this, free from the penalty of sin, which is eternal separation from our holy God. And he set you free from the power of sin and death. You are no longer a slave to your flesh and sin nature. And as I was working on this, I could... I just couldn't help but see, and I think we talked about a little bit in our group last week, the prison door is open and you have been set free. You've walked out of the prison cell that you were in before you were saved. That's what happens when a believer puts their faith in Jesus Christ. They are no longer captive. They've been set free. So Paul is basically saying, why would you go back into that prison cell? Why would you go back and put on that yoke of bondage? You've been set free. And the prison door is open. They've walked out. So these Judaizers were pushing for circumcision, for following the Jewish laws and traditions. But he was saying, why go back to that old way? When you've been set free from that, you are no longer under that bondage of the law. You have experienced great grace, and you're not going to be able to keep the law anyway. So it doesn't avail anything for you to try to go back and, and keep the law to be righteous. It's all about faith, faith in Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son, faith in his finished work on the cross on your behalf, faith in his death and resurrection, faith in trusting him as your savior. Um, he's paid your debt so you can go free. It's, it's by grace, not earned, not deserved, but it is given. And as I remember Larie pointed out when she taught a few weeks ago, when you get a gift, it's free. If there's strings attached, then it's not really a gift. God's grace, salvation through faith in Christ is a gift. And he's basically saying, look, you started out fine. Now this urging, though, to become Jewish through being circumcised, um, he said, why then would he be persecuted by the Jewish leaders if that's what he preached? He wasn't preaching to go back under that. There would not be the offense of the cross if he was preaching circumcision. And Paul was teaching salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So he offended many because the Jewish leaders were offended by the cross of Christ because it meant that it wasn't by their righteousness, it wasn't by their keeping the law that would save them. He preached the cross of Christ being the way of salvation for the Jews and for the Gentiles. And I just think of even today, how, you know, um, I know before I was born again, I had just hoped that my good deeds would outweigh my bad deeds or that I hadn't committed anything really horrible. I hadn't murdered anyone. Uh, I hadn't stolen anything of great value. Yes, I switched price tags in, in stores, but, you know, it, it wasn't horrendous. Um, and like for the Jews, they have their day of atonement, one day a year where they hope that as they reflect on the last year, that their good deeds would outweigh their bad deeds. 
Well, that isn't how it works. And also, there are some religions, and, and um, you think, okay, well, I go to confession, I confess my sin. Well, when we go to Christ, he forgives us when we repent, when we're sincere and are asking for forgiveness. But in some religions, you have to do things. You have to say so many prayers in addition to asking uh, someone to forgive you. You have to say so many uh, Hail Marys. Well, that's not freedom. That's bondage. That's adding to things to your salvation. And he said, Paul had said that those teaching otherwise, uh, other than grace, we're going to face judgment. They would face judgment. And he also wished that they would cut themselves off. Well, it, it may have meant cut themselves off from the fellowship, but I have a note in my Bible that says to mutilate themselves, which, again, that circumcision is the cutting away. Well, as believers, the cutting away is spiritual in our hearts, that we're given a new heart. It's that cutting away where we give our life to the loan, to the Lord. And so Paul's saying, stand fast in this liberty. Don't move away from it. Christ has made you free. Don't be entangled again with that yoke of bondage. And we know that yoke is like referring to the beast of burden, the animal, the oxen, or whatever that would wear the wooden yoke over their necks. And he's saying, don't put that yoke back on. Christ has taken that off of you. Don't pick it up and put it back on. That's bondage. Don't go back into the prison cell. And as I thought about it, don't even hang around the prison. Get away. You've been set free. Leave your cell, leave the prison all the way. Walk away from that yoke that he has removed from you. Okay, the second S, serve in love, verses 13 through 15. Basically, he's saying don't use this freedom that you have as an opportunity to gratify your flesh, but through love serve one another. You've been set free. You've been given that freedom and power to resist your flesh, the sin nature, that old nature, that old man that has been crucified with Christ. And you've been given a new nature. You've been born again by the Spirit of God. And that's the power of God that he's given you to overcome the me, myself, and I attitude, the thing where your sin nature, your flesh rules and reigns, where you're dominated by that. He set you free from that. Um, and, and so as believers, new believers, born-again believers, we should no longer want just what we want, but now out of love, we should care about others and want to serve others and want to help others. That's the law that we should now obey, to love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, in James, and you're going to see it in this next week's lesson, that's the royal law, that we are now to be under the law of love um, loving others, putting others first. We're not to bite and devour one another, which is basically backbiting and stirring up division and strife, gossiping, lying, stretching the truth. And it, it's the attitude of the Judaizers had that you're not saved or you're inferior to us. That's not the attitude we're to have as believers. We're to have an attitude of humility and wanting to see others prosper and grow in their walk with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the love chapter. It's, it's right between, it's sandwiched between chapter 12 and chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians where it gives instructions on how the gifts should operate in the church, in the body ministry. And if the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not operated and motivated by love, then they don't really profit 
anything. Uh, it's having love for the Lord and love for the body of Christ. And there's different ways of serving, different areas of ministry, different gifts that enable and equip the believer to carry out and do the work that God has called them to do in whatever area that might be. And the motive that we should have in serving should be to see them grow, to build them up, to see Christ glorified, um, to see their strength, their faith strengthened as they walk with the Lord. It's not for position. It's not for power. It's not for the praise of man. It's for God's glory, for Jesus' glory. We're his body. He's the head, and we want to bring honor and glory to him. And it's doing the little things that maybe no one else ever sees, but the Lord sees what you've done. Many women helped send other women to the retreat that financially wouldn't have been able to go otherwise. But they didn't want it known that they had donated some money to help someone go to retreat. Um, maybe sending a note of encouragement to someone or sending a text uh, or an email. Uh, just a word of encouragement to them or to say, you know, I'm thinking about you and praying for you. Um, you can give to the Benevolent Fund. I think the second Sunday of the month here at Living Truth, you can donate on your your offering to the Lord that you wanted to go into the Benevolent Fund, which is a fund that helps those in need. You can give gift cards to the church from grocery stores or from wherever, and they will pass those on to uh, different ones when needs arise. Um, the evangelism team are ushering children's ministry, the sewing ministry, the Corona Life Services, the Corona Mission where they feed the homeless. There's all kinds of things you can do without a big fanfare. It's just you want to go help someone, you want to serve the Lord and the Lord's prompted you, then, then do that. Um, a group went down to Mexico uh, Thank you, by the way, for the teacups. Lori brought some pictures of some of the women from their luncheon that they had uh, when they went down to Mexico a couple of weekends ago. But ladies, you are free in Christ. You can serve in love. You can put others first. Put the needs of others before your own because you know the Lord and can trust him that he will provide for your needs. And many of you, if you did your lesson, you looked up Philippians 2, 3. In your lesson, well, I want to read verse 4 to you. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Now, that's what serving in love is all about. That's loving your neighbor. Well, how, how do we love like that? Where does this love come from? Well, number 3, verses 16 through 26. It's when we are spirit-led. These verses um, that, that are from 16 on to the end of the chapter are all about the works of the flesh, but also about the walk, life, and fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and this is what we're talking about here, the Spirit of God, God the Holy Spirit. And when we're born again, we are born spiritually by the Holy Spirit. Again, I referred to that last week in John chapter 3. Jesus talked about this, and it's basically... When we're born, we're born physically, right? Well, when we're, we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then we are born again, a second birth. This time we're born again of the Spirit of God. We now are become a spiritual being. We're given a new nature. When we're born of the flesh, we're born with a sin nature. We're born with caring about our own needs. Just listen to a brand new baby crying who's unhappy, right, who wants to be fed, clenched 
clean, clean diapers, whatever. Um, uh, and, and that sin nature only grows as we get older. The desires and, and the lust of the flesh just change as we grow. But when we're born again of the Spirit of God, then we're born of and given a new nature, the nature of God. And we, are, we have the power to choose, the power of how we're going to live, how we're going to walk. Who's going to dominate, the flesh, the sin nature, the old man, or the new nature? Um, <laughs> Paul identifies several works of the flesh. I'm not going to go over these. You, you can go over them in group. But it's the sin nature when it's alive and well. These are the, a lot of the different things that the flesh will pursue and go after. Those who are living after the flesh, it says, are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Paul repeats this statement also, similar statements in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, and then also in Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24. He's referring to those who need to put off the old man, die to self, die to that old nature, and put on the new man, or that new nature. And I know you've heard this shared before. It's like having two dogs. One is, is like the, the old nature, the flesh, and the other is the new nature, the spirit. Whichever dog you're going to take care of and feed and nurture is going to be the stronger one. And if those two were to fight, which one's going to win? The stronger one, the one that you take care of, the one that you feed and make sure is taken care of. Well, that's the battle between the flesh and the spirit. We wrestle. They're opposite each other. And daily we need to die to self. That's that old nature, the sin nature, and pick up our cross and follow after Jesus, which is walking in being spirit-led. That's letting the spirit lead us and guide us in the way we are to live. If someone claims to be a Christian and yet is living in the flesh, practicing continually these things, then they're probably not born again, or they definitely don't have a genuine living faith, because there is change when your faith is alive, when it's real. And in contrast to these works of the flesh, Paul then describes the fruit of the spirit. And I'm going to read verses 22 and 23. He says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, meaning you are not under bondage. You're not under the law. You're under grace when you are Spirit-led, when the fruit of the Spirit is being produced in your life. Now, I came from the time I was born again for 30 years, I went to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, and was taught under Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. And Chuck taught that there was one fruit, love, love. And these other things are descriptions or attributes of God's love. When you are walking with that agape love, it's, you'll have joy, peace, long suffering. You'll be long-suffering. You'll have kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are byproducts of love, which is the evidence that you are truly born again when you are walking in love. Now, that's not friendship love. That's not brotherly love. That's not um, uh, the love that, let's say, a husband and, and a wife have for each other. It is an agape love, that unconditional love. 
And when we're born again of the Spirit, then we have that love of God shed abroad or poured out into our hearts by the Spirit of God, according to Romans 5.5. That's how we are Spirit-led, walking in love, serving one another, loving others. Um, It's it's the love of God, that unconditional love. It's self-giving love. It's self-sacrificing love. It's love that gives instead of just takes. And it's love regardless of whether it's returned or not. You love someone, you walk in love towards someone, whether they return that love to you or not. And that's how we use our liberty, to serve in love. Um, When we're born again, we've crucified the works of the flesh, and we're no longer under the bondage of the law, but we are living in the Spirit, under grace, so we should walk. And we've talked about the walk before. It's not just, you know, how you move one leg after the other. It's a way of life. It's a path that you choose to walk on. If you're living in the Spirit, if you're not living under the law, but you're living under grace, Spirit-led, then you're going to be living, behaving, acting, thinking in the way of um, the Spirit. And that is how we are walking in the Spirit, um, following that path of the Spirit, loving with the love that the Spirit produces in our life. And when you look at John chapter 15, it's the vine, Jesus, and the branches, us, abiding in the vine. A branch is not going to produce anything if it's not abiding in the vine, if it's not connected to the vine. Well, we need to be abiding in Christ and his words in us. That's how we stay connected to the Lord. That's how the Spirit is then able to produce the fruit that will come forth. And when you look at these, this fruit of the Spirit and these um, aspects of love, it's Christ-likeness. It's his love. It's behavior, it's attributes of Christ, and he, the Spirit is conforming us into Christ's image. And so that love is going to come forth, that Christ-like character is going to come forth as we yield to the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. Um, when you think about the, the works of the flesh, the word is works, and what does that indicate? It's labor, and yet fruit, what, what words use there? It's produced You can't conjure it up. You can't say, okay, today I'm going to be this way. No, it's it's as you abide in Christ and let the Spirit produce that love that comes forth. And we're not to judge others, but I like what Greg Laurie says. We're to be fruit inspectors. And Jesus spoke of this in Matthew 7, verses 15 through 23. He was referring to false prophets that would come in and wolves being in sheep's clothing. And he said, you will know them by their fruit. Those who practice lawlessness, the Lord declares to them, depart from me, I never knew you. You're not going to be able to live in the flesh and let all these works of the flesh come forth if you're truly born again and are spirit-led, walking in the spirit, letting the love of Christ come forth through you. So ladies, I would say, stand fast in the freedom that you have in Christ. Serve others in love. Be spirit-led. Walk and live in the spirit. And you won't fulfill then the lusts of the flesh and the works of the flesh. But you will, by the spirit, produce God's love. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, for the work of your spirit in us and through us. Lord, even as Chris led us this morning, spirit of the living God, fall afresh.
on us, Lord. We want to be open and yielded to the work you're wanting to do and that fruit that you want to produce through us for your glory. So, Lord, help us to walk in love. Help us to put aside our flesh, that sin nature, and walk in that new nature, born again of your spirit, spirit-led, walking in love. Lord, standing fast in the liberty that you've given to us. So, Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us, and I pray you bless the discussion groups. May they be enriched as they share the women share with one another. So thank you again, Lord, for this morning and the freedom we have to gather in your name. It's in, in your name we pray. Amen.